What we do is actually called expressive therapy, where we use both music and dance as a way of relieving uh, psychological distress. We realized that uh, we needed interventions that can be done for the entire group, and also interventions that would be popular with you know, with our people. So we know that uh, whenever, yeah, whenever any group uh, calls us for intervention, they say we want to to dance a bit. You know, for them they'll say they want to dance, but for us we know we are going to do expressive therapy. Can a single spark of care start a movement? Hi, I am Rini Sinha and I'm part of the team behind Ember. We are an initiative by the SHM Foundation that works with community-based mental health initiatives in low-resource settings so that they can grow and thrive. The COVID-19 pandemic has made mental health a much more urgent topic of conversation globally. Many of us have felt our own mental health and also that of our loved ones suffer. It has just shown us how important it is to have easy access to the right care and support. Through our work, we meet incredible people working with passion and creativity to deliver mental health care, tackle stigma, and build spaces of support in communities around the world, often with slim resources and little recognition. They face tons of challenges, but there is a common thread that connects them. Their spark to make a difference. Sparks of Care is a podcast series bringing you all their stories. You will get to meet these wonderful people and find out what ignited their passion in mental health, what has kept them motivated to care for people, even in the toughest of times. In the first episode, we were lucky enough to speak to Iregi Muenja, a mental health activist and the founder of PTO Kenya. Let us hear from him. My name is Iregi Mwenja. I work for an organization, a mental health organization based in uh, Nakuru, Kenya. It's called Psychiatric Disability Organization and we prefer to shorten it to PDO Kenya. We are a community-based mental health organization uh, founded by people with mental health lived experience and psychotherapists. The journey, I think, of uh, starting PDU started a while back. Probably I would put it to around eight years ago when uh, I got my first uh, diagnosis for ADHD. You know, for the longest time possible, I was struggling with inattention and uh, I didn't understand why I felt uh, different and I was uh, having difficulties uh, concentrating. Um, I was having, especially in my childhood, I had a lot of uh, social challenges relating with other kids. Uh, And, uh, you know, like most people in my situation in a rural village in Africa, uh, most of those challenges I went through were considered to be behavioral problems, uh, lack of proper bringing and uh, things like that. But it was never considered a a medical condition. So I, I grew up with a lot of labeling and a lot of uh, you know, being treated uh, differently, sometimes being punished uh, more than necessary. And therefore, for me, there was always this question, uh, why am I different? 
And therefore, uh, when I was able to afford to visit a psychiatrist, I did so and finally I got my answer and I was excited that I now knew, finally I knew what was bothering me. And uh, from that point, uh, moving on, I knew, um, uh, I know the solution to what uh, the problem was and I wanted to be part of this solution. And that is the, the background story of PDO. If you compare the situation right now and how it was back then, uh, do you think things have changed? I would say things have changed and I would also say things haven't changed. There is an increase in awareness uh, on mental health generally and there is a bit of commitment to at least uh, doing something on mental health from, uh, from our community and from the government. And why I would say things haven't changed is that uh, I don't think really the stigma, the discrimination um, and all the injustices that have been uh, uh, done to people with mental health condition is, is, has, is gone. Uh, we still face probably almost similar level of uh, discrimination and uh, stigma like we did uh, 10 or 20 years ago. So yes, things have changed and they haven't changed. COVID has come with its own challenges, but one of the, the, the positive side of it has been people have now come to accept that uh, it is important to invest in mental health, not just uh, as, as, a, as a government, but also at a personal level, from just personal level to the, you know, to the wider community. And uh, as an organization, we have received a lot of support, uh, you know, in our community, from our local government and uh, from the international community. We are hoping that this momentum will uh, continue and it will not, uh, we won't go off this momentum when COVID is, is uh, uh, finally addressed. You know, a typical day I'll be in the office between uh, 6.30 and 7.30 uh, a.m. in the morning. I will look at all the mails and uh, check on any pending issues to be responded to. During that time, because no, no other staff is in the office, I'll handle any, any project planning that is going on. Then uh, from 8.30, the other members of staff are in. People will come individually to my office with their uh, plans of the day or the week and uh, seek my uh, inputs or uh, guidance on whatever they are doing. You know, then after that, most likely between 9 and 10, we will start receiving patients or people coming for drug refill or just some of the clients coming just to visit or to, you know, come for therapy or come to the youth center. Uh, in the afternoon is when I go out for any, any meetings or any uh, outreach uh, work. So we do two days of outdoor activities in the national park. Every Friday, we'll have the health workers in the Lake Nakuru National Park uh, doing uh, various interventions, you know, psychological interventions. You know, we have uh, nature therapy with them. We do expressive therapy. We do psychological debriefing. We do art therapy. You know, it's two days of intense uh, activities geared towards uh, restoring uh, their psychological well-being, but also, you know, moving them away from their usual stressors, from their work environment, even from their family for some time, 
to enable them to, you know, uh, relax and unwind and forget about all those challenges and probably help them to rejuvenate. I want to go with one story of uh, one of our youth support group at PDO. He started developing what he thought was IBS as a teenager in high school and he got treated from one hospital to the other and his problem was never resolved up to a point where they first noted he had anxiety. So it was at that point he was put on anxiety medication which uh, did not provide the relief he wanted and still uh, he continued to deteriorate as he continued uh, with his studies and at some point he got uh, severely ill to the point where he was losing touch with reality and he had to be taken to hospital. Uh, it was at that point when he interacted with the Kenyan uh, mental health system where they used violence on him, uh, they used very harsh words on him, uh, you, know, you know, he was beaten, he was you know, psychologically abused. But of course the family did not know any other place to take him and therefore he was hospitalized and spent uh, I think uh, seven days in, uh, in the hospital before he was discharged. So the doctor who was now treating him uh, on a private clinic who also now later became our consultant psychiatrist uh, you know, he tried, tested a bit of different uh, medication and finally he got one that was working for him. So at that point, he called PDO and said, we have done uh, our part with the pharmacological interventions. It is now time for uh, psychological and other social interventions. So it was, so he was brought to us. At that time, he, he was only, you know, as I said, just... Uh, he only was engaging with his parents and the doctor. So we were the now that uh, sort of uh, group that he was engaging with. And we designed some interventions for him to help, help him get back his social skills and get the confidence to talk to people and go out of his house and engage and start normalizing, you know, or living a normal life. So it wasn't an easy journey, but uh, over a duration of about nine months, he was able to recover fully. Uh, he's still on medication, yes, but he, his life is back to normal. He's one of our, he's now the leader of the, the support group. He's one of our trainers that we use in uh, mental health training that we do. We have been going with him, you know, to different parts of the country to do the training. Uh, his confidence is back. His leadership skills are the best. And uh, he's one of those biggest inspirations that we have for young people who are going through difficult difficulties. Yeah, so his story touches me. And anytime I see him stand up and, and you know, show leadership, you know, it is just a reminder that uh, you can come from very far. And if you're determined that you have the right support, you will triumph over uh, even severe, the severest form of mental illnesses. So I wanted to ask you for everybody who is keen to work in this field of mental health but is probably hesitating a bit, what would be your advice to them so that they could just take the leap of faith and work in this field? There are some ingredients or there are some traits that you need to have. You will need to have the three, I call them the three Ps, 
And the first one is passion. You must have passion for it. Uh, because mental health is not very popular, you know, because of stigma, taboo, and all that. You need to have patience, because remember, uh, somebody in psychological distress uh, requires a lot of patience, because you need to handle them properly, and sometimes it takes uh, a bit of time before they can, uh, you know, accept to get into treatment or into therapy, Without patience, you'll not be able to handle a lot of cases. And uh, lastly, the last P is uh, perseverance. Because the challenges are many, you know, when you're in this field, especially in our context where, you know, we are running an organization that is delivering services, where the demand is higher than uh, our capacity, the resources are low, the field is, uh, you know, our field is stigmatized and by to, the, to, to, to some extent, even our work and ourselves, we feel a bit stigmatized. Uh, we are misunderstood and, you know, uh, people don't treat, uh, treat us so seriously uh, like they would in other medical conditions. And therefore, if you don't uh, have that... Uh, some level of perseverance, you will not be able to stay in this field for long. It's challenging sometimes, you know, providing um, direct social support to around 150 patients. All of them calling you during moments of distress can be very draining. But remember, it is the same same person calling you during moments of distress that will also call you to thank you. And uh, this really motivates me and keeps me going. I would like you to share with us that one thing which you do to take care of your own well-being, which you would like to suggest to me and all our listeners that we can do every day to help cope through these difficult times. At the beginning of the pandemic, we got to organize ourselves and find ways of uh, protecting our well-being before we could even go out there to help other people. And I remember that time... We got funding from Ember, which greatly transformed uh, everything. You know, we started with taking care of uh, the psychologist's well-being, and anyone working with us was, uh, you know, uh, included in a in a supervision and a self-care program, uh, where we would go out, for example, like we still do to date. And I would really encourage anyone who can uh, take a few hours off every once a week. Go out into nature, you know, enjoy nature, enjoy that uh, tranquility and, 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 and peace that you find outside uh, the noise and the mess in the cities and in your places of work. Spend time in nature and just enjoy what nature gives. And I have found that one, you know, that as one of the, you know, methods that I use to stay, uh, you know, to safeguard my well-being. But also is because I'm lucky that my organization is able to facilitate that as we do that for other people. We always take one extra day uh, for my organization so that our team can also enjoy the self-care after we do it for other people. But uh, anyone who have access to a forest nearby, you know, anyone who have access to some uh, natural environment, take a, yeah, take a walk there. You can jog there once a week. And uh, that has been my way of keeping sane and keeping uh, well during covid The level of fulfillment you get when you find somebody who has lost all hope in life, 
but we transform all that we work with them transform all that into you know uh, help them restore and 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 you know heal in a way that uh, you know somebody who so dead is now seeing life and, and and is now positive about everything you know it's a transformation that uh, I, I i don't know whether you can enjoy it in many other careers with that we come to the end of our first episode thanks a lot iregi for taking the time out to share your story with us a little bit of inspiration a little bit of hope is really what we need to make the world a better place. You can find out more about PDO Kenya at their website. The URL is pdokenya.org or go follow them on Twitter at PDO Kenya. You can also find out more about our work. Come visit us at embermentalhealth.org or follow us on Twitter. We are available at ember_mh. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. See you next time. Until then, keep the sparks of care alive.